Welcome back to the Trap Once and Future podcast. This time we're talking about the fourth instalment of Big Finish's 60th anniversary series. And as ever, we'll be talking about the whole story, so there will be spoilers. Please don't listen if you haven't heard the story yet. Two's Company by Lisa McMullen continues the Doctor's degeneration arc. Two's Company, but four's a podcast. And as ever, I'm joined by our own degenerates, Fraser. Oh, hi, everyone. Keith. Hello. <laughs> and James. Hello. So this time around, the Sixth Doctor takes control after a bit of time in his third incarnation. Uh, this was something we were talking about last time a lot with James in particular. You were hoping for you know, maybe a story where the Doctor changed halfway through. So we don't quite get that, but we, we get a little bit of time. The introduction to Star is the Third Doctor, and I think it helps for Harry um, kind of sell the, uh, the idea that this is the Doctor, doesn't it? Yeah, because Harry sort of... He recognises that the Doctor goes from third to sixth and goes, hang on a second, no, you should have turned into to my Doctor next. So he's, he's aware of the sequence. So it's, it's, it's a nice moment. And you, you do get a little bit more of the third Doctor at the, the sort of very beginning before the sixth takes over. Yeah, and it's nice the idea that Harry would have seen the Doctor around Unit before their actual introduction on screen in Robot, isn't it? It's a, and I get the impression that he would recognise him. And he's met the third Doctor in Big Finish plays previously as well. So, uh, if we're following that continuity, yes, which... he has. Well, yeah. Speaking of this, so uh, so we were talking about this earlier in the week, Keith. Uh, Harry here is played by Christopher Naylor, as he has been for the last couple of years for Big Finish. And his presence here as, as an older man in 2006 is potentially a spoiler for his ongoing adventures with the Seventh Doctor for Big Finish. So in Big Finish continuity, in the 1980s, Harry travels again with the Fourth Doctor with another unit agent called Naomi Cross. Then the Fourth Doctor accidentally returns them to the 2010s after an adventure, and you'll like this, Fraser, with the Dominators and the Quarks. yes. The bad news is that story hasn't been released yet. Uh, those adventures... Uh, looking at the Big Finish website, it looks like that series is due to be released in March 2024. It looks like it's sort of three volumes starting in March 2024, so we'll get the Doctor, Harry, and Naomi. Hang on, sorry. Three volumes of Harry and the Dominators? Uh, well, potentially, but maybe just one story. <laughs> Sounds like a great band, huh? But what's happened in the meantime is in the 2010s, the stories we have seen are those two being dropped off there and working with Kate Stewart and Osgood for 21st century unit. And then after a couple of adventures being picked up by the seventh doctor and going off with adventures for adventures with him. And the most recent set, which we listened to is far from home. And there's a sort of question in that for Harry and Naomi is whether they feel more at home in the 1980s or the 2010s. But I guess this suggests he ends back up in the 1980s to be an oldish man in 2006. Unless they travelled for a really long time together. That's true. That's true. They could, uh, yeah, it could could be a really long uh, series. It's a bit disconcerting that on the cover, they've aged sort of Ian Martok to an age he never actually reached in real life, which is... Bit poignant, really. I thought when I looked at it. Yeah. Did you do the the Doctor Who interactive experience? You know the oh, what was it called? The one that was on for a while in London, where you got involved in the adventure. Is it Time Fracture? Time Fracture. Um, Harry has an office in the in the 
the beginning of that, you don't obviously don't see Harry, but he has an office in the unit headquarters. Ah. At the very beginning. So on TV, we know that he continued working for UNIT because he developed the gas that could kill the Zygons yeah. and unravel their DNA. Mm. We learned that in the Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion, don't we? And he wrote his own book as well, didn't he? He did like a, a target book where he sort of like became James Bond for an adventure. Yeah, Harry Sullivan's War. <laughs> it's quite a bit kind of 39 Steps style. Kind of, it's uh, so long ago, I can't remember now. It's, uh, it's, I think it's pretty good. It's on the shelf, but has not been troubled since it's <laughs> one and only reading, I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, none of this is referred to in this story in, in terms of the, the wider big finish, I guess, for the casual listener. And Harry's very much like he was just an old version of kind of hapless as he as when he travelled with the fourth Doctor, isn't he? He managed to set the TARDIS on fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, he's kind of, I don't know, I I feel he, out of the all the sort of guests on there, he's probably the least best served because he literally is... Harry, Harry is a Sutherland's an imbecile. Is pretty much every scene that he's in, he's he's bumbling about something, or he's like, "Well, I'm I'm working for you, Doctor, but I can't tell you, Doctor, that I'm working for the other Doctor because, and it, just things like that, like you said, setting the TARDIS on fire and things like it. it, it I feel I feel sorry for him because he's, everybody's really horrible to him, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> they are. Um, I mean, he gets karate chopped or judo chopped as well. Um, his piggy butts. Yeah. yeah. His piggy butts. Um, <laughs> at the doctor's order as well. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah, can you deal with him? Um, it, it, yeah, I do. Yeah. It, it, I can see why he's there in a way because of the the, the sort of background story to the to the other, to the main villain. Um but it, it it does feel like he's there just literally for the for the kicking um, through the story, quite literally. It, it feels like we're just getting the sort of the character beats of Harry Sullivan, doesn't it? It feels like you know mm. he's 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 an imbecile. Harry Sullivan's an imbecile, so we get that. Um, you know, we're getting being clumsy. We're getting um, you know setting the TARDIS on the fire. The only thing we're missing really is I'm calling someone old girl. Yeah. Yeah. Which, to be fair, if he'd done that to Jackie, he probably would have got a slap around the face. Which I'm surprised they didn't. The surprised they didn't throw that in as well. I was going to say that would be quite quite entertaining <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. To be honest. And what do you think of Christopher Naylor's performance? Yeah, it was. It was decent. Um, it was a decent performance. You know, we're kind of four, third or fourth story into this. You know, so I'm still kind of getting used to. You know these recastings and whatnot. Um, you know it wasn't, it didn't jar us like this isn't Harry Sullivan. It didn't sort of, you know, hit the heights of oh my god, this is like a perfect, um, interpretation of Ian Martyr's role. It was, it was, it was decent. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I'm sounding like I'm damning it with faint praise there, but you know it didn't. You know that's a, yeah, decent. I think I think it suffered a bit because you did have, I mean, um, the two the two female characters were brilliant, and you know they got on. It was a brilliant relationship between the two of them, and Harry was kind of sidelined a bit. So I don't think 
I mean, don't get me wrong, he was in it and he had interactions with with most of the characters, but I, I think he was just the foil rather than the sort of main drive, if you like. Um, so I think that suffered a bit because, like you say, it was more echoes rather than this is a, it was definitely not a Harry Sullivan story. No. In, in that respect. I mean, it could have been a scientist, which there's just probably on the later dates, and he decided to make Harry possibly. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it could have been anybody, really. Couldn't it, it could have been. It could have been Osgood. It could have been. Um, it should have been Lee Evans. As, Lee um, Evans, yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Um, I suppose it's a good shorthand to have somebody who's familiar with the Doctor, with him being a Time Lord, his ability to regenerate, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you you kind of got that they they needed to string that along for as long as they could. So there was lots of references to I checked his DNA and it, you know his double heartbeat. Yeah. So there, there was that element of yes, of course it's the Doctor, you know, um, even though it was became quite quickly obvious that it wasn't. Yeah, I want to ask about that. When did you guys twig that wasn't the Doctor? Um, he was doing a Tom Baker voice. Because <laughs> it took me a while. It took me a while. Because I was like, why Why have they got someone in to pretend to be Tom Baker? Why have they not just got Tom Baker to play the right. Fourth Doctor? Why are they getting someone to play, do like a Tom Baker impression of the Fourth Doctor? I think, and why wasn't it John Coleshaw? <laughs> yeah. I think mm. when I heard the when I heard the character's second voice with that yes. effect on it, that was when, as, again, as someone quite familiar with Big Finish's output, that I realised it was an incarnation of, of the Eleven, as he's more commonly known. As he's a recurring villain for the uh, for the Eighth Doctor. Yeah, and, and by that stage, there's a he's got he's a, he's he's in his eleventh incarnation with ten other incarnations vying for for control and attention and things like that. So I think one and it's like there's a particular effect uh, of the when it's his other incarnations, isn't there? That, that you recognise and I thought, ah, that's who it is. But this is the earliest version I think we've seen, isn't it? It's, yeah, two. it's it's kind of an origin story, but with without the origin story because he he does say that the doctor's already left him in a unit prison once yeah so yeah. although it is the earliest because you've had 9 11 and 12 i think is the earliest incarnation there's obviously a story that's happened before this one yep. which is why he's kind of hell bent on Stranded going on back Earth. and stopping yeah. the doctor from and traveling. he knows that the Doctor is going to keep thwarting him, which is because uh, I think the fir- very first time we meet him, the Seventh Doctor has helped the Time Lords capture him and imprison him, and then that is just like a pre-title sequence to an Eighth Doctor set. He's in prison when the, the character is introduced, isn't he? Yeah, they go and see him for some reason. A bit of a um, Hannibal Lecter quite thing. Yeah, isn't it? and he sort of he gets out at some point. Uh, so he's I mean, he's a brilliant villain, and he's normally played by. Mark Bonner, yeah, yeah, from um, the Rebel Flesh, and uh, oh, yes, yes, mm. the almost uh, the not the almost rather lovely Julia McKenzie as well, she's rather fun, so. yeah, yeah. Um, and some of the and and he's, he, he, what's brilliant is he plays each the same Mark Bonner plays each incarnation, um, with a different voice and different you know, different tones and inflections, and um, he's absolutely brilliant at that. 
of the recurring ones, six, which is absolutely psychotic, isn't it? Which I always wonder if that's a, a reflection on the sixth doctor and like um, eight is always like the really nice one. Yeah. Which I the think the rest of his personality is hate with a passion. They, like, they are, yeah. <laughs> slight mirrors of, of the doctor, like the sixth one being, the sixth being very boorish and uh, like that. psychotic is the word. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, it's weird, but just the two, because it's, it's very Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Especially as you get further into the story and obviously you, you realise it's not the doctor. So you get the you know, he's a simpleton, don't don't tell him, don't you know, <laughs> that could have burnt my skin off. And it's it's really sort of this really horrible, bitchy, whiny voice that comes through. Um yeah. you know, you've got the plummy one going, Oh Harry, don't worry, and the, you know, the other voice going, Ah, I'm gonna kill him. It's like it's um yeah, it's quite an interesting mix. Of... Do you think that was his actual voice, though? He was deliberately trying to sound like the Doctor, though. That's what I couldn't quite get my head around. Because he, he sort of lost it a bit latterly. Well, I wasn't quite sure that was because the actor forgot to do it or whether it was just like it was a pretense he was dropping. He could, yeah, he could potentially drop the accent. Yeah. Whether he's trying to be like the Doctor that Harry's most familiar with, sort of thing. Mm. Well, that's what I thought the first time I listened. I thought this is, you know, just someone kind of like dressed up as the Doctor, pretending to be the Doctor. And then obviously as the story went on, it was you no, know, he's claiming to be a future version of the Doctor. Um, when I listened through it the second time, it was it wasn't as obvious, or it you know it didn't sound that much. It was on the second run through, I didn't think, oh, this is someone trying to be Tom Baker. It did actually mm-hmm. sound like a like a different character, but I didn't actually figure out who it was until they actually said eleven. Um, mm-hmm. And they, even then, I think you know. Mark, you've talked about the possibility of the Eleven being in this story at the end of, of the last episode. And I think if you hadn't have had that conversation with us, you know, I would be none the wiser as to who this character was. Um, so I kind of came away thinking a little bit, you know, who who is Big Finish Market in this series at? Is it at, you know, the, the likes of you guys who are, you know, diehard Big Finish fans who are going to be, you know, buying this regardless of who's written it and who's in it and what they do, or is it more, because, you know, I said at the, in the very first episode that I was going to use this as an opportunity to to get an old big finish a bit and, you know, see what sort of characters. And to that extent, they've done a really good job. This is like a bit of a sizzle reel now. You know, I'm getting, you know, I've had like an episode with um, Jenny, an episode with Lady Christina, I've got the eleven now. As all, it's... all the spin-offs. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Basically, it's... a showroom, isn't it? In effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just, it's just like a little flash, you know, a little, little taster, little, little moose bushes here and there of of what Big Finish do. Yeah, um, your Lightfoot and uh, um, countermeasures down the line somewhere. Yeah, as well. yeah, they'll pop up in in six it and seven. Just have a sale at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but yeah, but like I say, if if I didn't know that this character was a regular recurring villain at the end of this episode I will be none the wiser um so if it is a, an attempt to to kind of pitch the wares to you know the casual viewer the new listener it's kind of fallen flat a little bit yeah it's not not introduced I suppose in a way for, for somebody meeting him for the first time uh that is conducive to that I suppose is when, it? Is... if you think way back to story one the monk was introduced much better. You know, if if you weren't that well acquainted with um, the monk, it was explained to you. You know, there the, the was a whole sort of 
explanation as to the monk and, and the relationship with the doctor whereas here you didn't necessarily get that and you know you got it latterly but it was kind of like I, I I thought the hinging on it being a future incarnation of the Doctor stretched way too far. It, it wasn't. It was obvious that it wasn't going to be the Doctor after a short time, and so I was sat there going, "Well, then who is it?" You know, and it wasn't even like if you think back to sort of eighties Who, where it's going to be the Master and it's, going to, you know, <laughs> um, and suddenly it's going to be um, what's his name. Um, Anthony Ainley taking off a mask or something and goes, surprise, it's me. <laughs> it wasn't even that, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was... It, it, it was a, I don't I, I, I don't want to say I didn't like this, but I think you could take it out of this, uh, out of what what's happened. And it's not added anything apart from at the end... <laughs> The doctor got one. The very last uh, line, in effect, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the last to this line. Place, the yes. whole thing was like, "Oh, I should go to this planet." I mean, that, that, that was like another little quibble I had with it. I'm, I'm kind of the same as you. You know, I don't dislike this this episode. Um, I quite enjoyed it. You know, it, um, mm. you know, it was good fun. It rattled along. Um, you know, had a lot of good interactions between Six Doctor and Jackie and and, and Lady Christina. It was a lot to enjoy. But ultimately, I kind of, you know. Like I also, as well as coming away thinking, you know, where does this fit within Big Finish? I came away thinking, where does this particular episode fit within this story arc? Because in the last episode, um, if I'm remembering right, the Doctor was, you know, time scooped back into his TARDIS and he was going off looking for the person in the diamond in the sky. And then he arrives here as the third Doctor um, looking for the moon of Kandoka or something. Um and then now he's off to the moon of Kasturbaris or somewhere. I'm forgetting all these space names. <laughs> but it just kind of seemed like, you know, there was, there was more of a flow in the first one. You know, we're left um, past lives with the Doctor looking for um, Time Lord DNA specifically related to him, which led nicely into Artist at the End of Time with looking for Jenny. And that left us going, looking for this person in the diamond in the sky which he then got time scooped out of and got put back in. They were now were kind of like, where did, you know, this could just be any other other story, really. I suppose the other thing it brings, though, into the wider story is the idea that River Song is manipulating events because we we guess that the letter that the Doctor receives with the kisses, it must be from her and yeah. the woman at the bingo. Must be. I thought that was Mel the first time. It wasn't until I listened to it the second time I realised they said Melody. Melody. I thought they said Mel the first time. Ah, so and I didn't get that from the first listen. Yeah, because it's Melody and it says about um, the perm and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Perm to an inch of his life. <laughs> um, so it seems that River Song is involved somewhere along the line, even if just to help the Doctor out in this particular occasion. So I felt like that was tying in probably into the wider story arc. Which, if River Song had appeared in any of the other ones, I think would would fit for me. It, it, the River Song thing was just one of those little Easter eggs. You know, it's just like, I need to get these two characters together. Um, how do I get Lady Christina and Jackie Taylor together? Um, you know, polar opposites. They need to be up and running within, you know, sort of 10 minutes of this story because I've only got 40 minutes mm-hmm. of plot to play with. So um, as a means to an end, it's 
with a song that writes them letters and puts them together. That's how I took it personally. And I felt the kisses on the end of the letter. Yeah. Yeah. I felt at the end though, like when you look at artists at the end of time, which, which, you know, there was some really great dialogue in that and the relationship between Jenny and the curator and Jenny and the fifth doctor and, the characters evolved and you know they left in a different place to what they were in whereas here we got the dreaded reset at the end of you know oh by the way there's some some time lord radiation so you'll never remember that you've got this 30 pound an hour job jackie i'm sorry you're you're going you're going back back it's going to be very selective dementia isn't it i mean it's really it's it's just going to raise this adventure nothing else nothing else and again it's a shame because there is i i I, for me the, the the real sort of joy of this episode were the scenes with Lady D'Souza and um, and Jackie you know you cut away and then you go back and they are just laughing their heads off and and Jackie's sort of coming to the sort of climax of a story which you don't actually hear the rest of it but it's hilariously funny and there's all um, my uh, my login name today is you ate my mother because there are there are at least two references to to her needing a mother she doesn't actually say right. the words "you ain't my mother," but there is there are two references <laughs> where, where Jackie says you need a mother like this, um, and I was waiting for her to say "you ain't my mother," and that that would have probably boosted <laughs> this up my rankings of the, the first stories. <laughs> but even when they're in the sort of oh, it was it was like they were on bargain hunt, you know, when they were in the auction house and. Jackie was going, go on, Blondie, go on, Goldilocks, go on, like this. And he's like, oh, I've been distracted by this woman. There's, again, there's a real great (laughs) chemistry between her and the sixth Doctor. So that, you know, that those elements I liked, but then at the end go, well, you know, it was nice while it lasted for 40 odd minutes, but you're not going to remember any of that. It It was a real... It was a real shame, and I know it was pre-tenant meeting, um, pre-tenth doctor meeting Lady D'Souza, so it was kind of it would have messed with all sorts of continuity um, because she had no idea about time travel. But it still left me feeling a little bit disappointed at the end when that happened. Yes, yeah, but there's no real reason why it couldn't have been later on in in, in both Jackie and Lady Christina's lives. Uh, mm. Because does it work as well that that I meant to I meant to work this out that Jackie knows about regeneration if this is two thousand and six because Rose leaves in two thousand and five and then she gets returned much later doesn't she where she's been missing and they think that Mickey's Ooh, yeah. murdered her and then he doesn't regenerate until the following Christmas so I was a bit wondering whether that all works out I can't remember how long it is when she comes back in Aliens of London it's been twelve months. Yeah, she, I mean, she goes, she's away for a year in Aliens of London, isn't she? And then has a few yeah. more travels. But I think, you know, ultimately... So that's going to be, that puts it into 2006. And then it's Christmas It must have been after Christmas Invasion. But it's still 2006. This has got to be between Christmas and New Year. Are the auction houses open? Mm. Well, there was a mention of New Year, wasn't there? So it might be just after. It's 2007 then. Ooh. Ooh. Doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> 
Mark, the last thing we need is a once in future date and controversy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so let's just park that one. We'll come back to it in in a year's time when we do the last episode. It's the time war and faction paradox. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's a good point, though, actually. It doesn't actually work, does it? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. I didn't spot that, actually. No. But let's just... <laughs> it's the facts and figures. You can tell you work in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> let's just have a dose of Time Lord degeneration radiation and we'll just forget yeah, that. Because yeah. I think it's interesting what you're saying, James, about your disappointment at the end, about them being... Um, forgetting about it. My disappointment was really that wouldn't end on a big cliffhanger because we know that in the next story we have got David Tennant and he's mm-hmm. he's you know coming back with um Missy, Missy. as the tenth doctor and the mm-hmm. Paternoster gang. So for me the perfect ending for this story would be, you know, the doctor degenerates into a future version of himself in front of Jackie and you have a a little two or three minute scene there, so that could have been. Yeah, Jackie recognizes his face, and he doesn't because because we yeah. think this is the eighth Doctor, yeah. don't we? Yeah, you can have your what 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 as yeah. <laughs> at the end there. So there was, I think there was a lot of missed opportunities in this story. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of them that I picked out. Um, another one was right at the very start. We said you know the the third Doctor starts the story for us, and we get a good chunk of of action with the third Doctor before he becomes Colin Baker. But obviously one of the first things he does is land the TARDIS, pop out and ask someone what year it is. And when you don't yeah. make that character, Madam. Yeah. Madam, <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> you know, that is just, that's, that's an own goal. That You've skied that one <laughs> over the bar. And the other thing was, we've got a 60th anniversary story that takes us back to Tata's Yard in 1963. For about five minutes, mm. you know, that was if you... the most anniversary part of it, really, yeah. wasn't it? That it takes yeah. it back to the slightly pre. I just channel. thought, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna go back to Tartar's Yard in 1963, do that really early on, or a lot earlier on. You know, don't spend ten minutes getting through, back flipping through firebomb traps and hanging off the light switches. <laughs> you know, go back and make a bit more out of that. Going through the padding, yeah. I wrote down Death of the Daleks and Pyramids of Mars because I thought that the booby traps bit was exactly what that was. I thought, oh, we're padding the episode out a bit here. <laughs> See, I, I thought there could have been like a Susan cameo there as well, you yeah. know, because they were back in 1966. <laughs> Even it's just never hearing her say, Grandfather, is that you? And, you know, some something along those lines. Because you're right, it's the first sort of proper bit of an anniversary-ness, if you like. Yeah. You know, we're only halfway through the the whole thing now, so... It was probably due. Yeah, the I suppose is... it's quite meta though, because he wants to stop the Doctor, and in doing so, he'd also stop the series Doctor Who. If he if he stopped the adventures there and then, wouldn't he? It would be like uh, yeah, mm. it works both ways. Yeah, I suppose the other anniversary references have been to Day of the Doctor, haven't they? Having the the curator and stuff in in mm. at it in time. At it in time. Yeah. I'm waiting for a reference to the jail guards for my uh, Free Doctors anniversary special. You know, yeah. at some point. <laughs> I just want to talk about references. No central reference. So, theory. No, well, we don't know who ever songs working for. You know, this is true. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. But (laughs) it's it's funny because, you know, this came out last week, and you know, I've been kind of scrolling through like Twitter and seeing other people's reactions to this um, 
this this story and this series in general. And I think one of the things I'm picking up on is there's a lot of sort of disquiet amongst you know big Finnish fans that this isn't anything special. Um, you know, for a 60th anniversary, you know, eight part extravaganza, there's there's very little extravaganza about it. Um, so obviously that's more popular than Doomsday, anyway. Well, very much so. <laughs> In fact, somebody's actually mentioned it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so is the Dominators, but never mind. Um, <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was something I wanted to ask you guys. I mean, how were you finding, you know, halfway through? How were you finding this as a as a 60th anniversary? The the criticism is is really that big finish. You know, do this a lot. They do the what I am now calling the Rod Stewart method of storytelling, which is, um, you know, and I keep saying this, I should probably explain what it is. There's a, there's a clip of, of Rod Stewart. He was picking a, a Scottish, um, doing a Scottish cup draw, and he's, he's so extravagantly picking the balls out of the um, yeah. the holder. Um, if you haven't seen it, go and, go and find it on, on YouTube. It's it's hilarious. But it's that just that way of, you know, I'm going to pick one out of pot A, so I'll pick a doctor, I'll pick a companion out of pot B, I'll pick a villain out of pot C, and put them together so that's the rod stupid storytelling i'm enjoying it i'm loving it but i sense that other people aren't so no over to you guys are you enjoying this are you finding this special or just very much par for the course for big finish i think it's fine i don't think it's the best box set they've done but that's actually that's um telling because i was thinking before it, it feels like they used to do this for anniversaries and special occasions they used to do a big extravagant box set with like a disc of time it feels like it's one of those box sets, but they're releasing it a, like a disc a month instead of like what they used to do, just like bring it out all in one go. Because if, it, if this, was, this was like a big magnificent thing at double the price and lots of lovely pictures in it, you'd be like going from disc to disc to disc. You'd get a sense of like uh, if it was possibly building up to something. And if not, you'd still be getting all these lovely little cameos. Whereas I think, I suppose, especially also with it being the 60th, you might anticipate it being slightly more um, special than it is. But... One thing with this episode, I did think I listened to it when it first came out, and I was listening to it today for this, and I could barely remember anything that had happened. It was, it was so sort of like um, fine; <laughs> it hadn't made any impression at all. As you said, there was no sort of like dramatic reveal or anything. It just it was fine, and I think that's probably how I feel about this whole endeavor so far. I think it's fine; it's it's nice; it's quite jolly, but it's decent. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> I think this one's the most kind of romp kind of based one, isn't it? And I think it's it's kind of, it's like a caper, isn't it? Because there's a bit of a heist element to it, and they're dashing across London and things, and that and that's fun. And I am enjoying the characters. I'm very in visual. This one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the characters in this one, like we we're saying before, Jackie with Lady Christina and the Doctor, they're all brilliant. Probably one of the few characters I think that can just easily overcome the Six Doctors' natural kind of. Uh, bombasticness and an ability mm. to control any situation like he is a bit of a loss with Jackie isn't it and mm. I really enjoyed those scenes where she just kind of when she said what's he like and all that and uh, that 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 was all brilliant um I don't know if 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 big finish maybe the perception is that they do that kind of mashup all the time uh, the only thing I can think of recently is where they've had you know where they got a lot more David Tennant during lockdown and they had him meet mm. the classic companions and they had him meet the fourth fifth and sixth doctors for those out of time ones but I mean, Dick, Dick Briggs even boasted on one of the extras that, oh, we do these things rather well. Well, maybe there's, they are resting their laurels slightly, maybe. I, I can't think of that that much that they that they mash up to this extent. 
I suppose the thing is, once the Doctor's degenerated, like he's degenerated to the Sixth Doctor in this one, then he is just the Sixth Doctor. Hmm. You know, would it be more interesting if he was wearing the Sixth Doctor, but he was still the Eighth Doctor? You know, would that be more of a difference and more of a maybe more of a challenge for the actor as well? To be, be like, more well, entertaining for them, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that that you know, it's the Sixth Doctor, but but more the the calmer debonair eighth doctor for example you know his personality is still there i suppose they did i mean i quite liked the the captain jack sixth doctor when uh, in the captain jack box set that was quite quite fun and he was running around wearing <laughs> the, the days, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. um i i find i'm enjoying it in so much as the episodes don't really have much of a coherence for me. There's there's not enough really linking them together. Like like you were saying, um, it's like you want a big bombastic cliffhanger and then, you know, spend a couple of minutes in the next story explaining how they got out of that and then we're into the next thing. It it, it feels very much like you could take most of these stories on iso- you know, in isolation on their own and listen to them and just go, oh, it's a you know, it's a mashup of the Sixth Doctor and Jackie. What you know, great, great fun. The, the, and I have said this on our on one of our previous recordings. It feels like the the story arc is tagged on at the beginning, at the very end. The rest of it's got nothing to do with it because it just gets involved in an adventure. And my concern for the next one is exactly that. It's like Tennant, Missy, the Paternoster gang. Huge, you know, it's a great... I would go out and buy it if I just saw that. How that's going to fit into this degeneration story when Hmm. nothing... there's, There's been nothing which indicates why he's randomly going from three to six and you know because in the first episode he was going he was going backwards and then he was going forwards now he's just going randomly from one to the other it, it's for me at the moment it's just lacking some consistency in where we're actually going you know now we're halfway through i i couldn't honestly tell you any theories now because it's kind of like you know every story has been so light on the arc um and i know we did um i don't know what it wasn't everybody's cup of tea but when we did the one the one that had brian the Ood and oh time lord victorious yeah time lord victorious yeah. now yes that was confusing because there was lots of different stories and it flicked backwards and forwards but I was more engaged in that because it was kind of like, oh, how does this fit in with this bit of the puzzle over here? At the moment, I feel like I've got no bits of the puzzle other than knowing he's degenerating and that's it. <laughs> I don't know anything else. Everything yeah. else has just been a, a, a nice series of episodes that don't necessarily have that coherence of a threat running through it other than he is degenerating. Those are more eliminating things from our inquiries, aren't they? Because I thought maybe the eleven was something to do with it, because the affliction is is somewhat similar to the, uh, you know, the 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 thing that he's got where his the personalities are vying for control. Mm-hmm. But now we know that he's he's not behind it. So, uh, and we know that initially the doctor thought the monk was behind it, but he isn't. So it's it's like it's kind of ticking things off that um, 
but it is. We know Davros wasn't behind it, and we know mm. the curator wasn't behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Will it's Missy like... be behind it? Yeah. It's like Cluedo, isn't it? <laughs> Until we get all the way back to the Black Christmas tree. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> going to be the only one left. Yeah. No, I think I, I, I totally get what you're, what you're saying there, James. I think um, for me, it is, it's like a, like a classic RTD series. You know, it's a series, season arc more than anything else where, you know, as opposed to Moffat who will, you know, weave it all the way through and it's, it'll come up every, you know, every episode, every other episode or whatever, or as opposed to Flux, you know, which was just telling one story, but with the offshoots, it, it's more like something like Bad Wolf, you know, where you do just get the odd little mm-hmm. mention here and there mm-hmm. of, enough, of yeah. degeneration and you tell your individual story. Uh, so I'm fully expecting, you know, this not to be resolved. There's going to be no big resolution until we have a big bombastic, you know, set on earth. Everyone's going to die. The universe is going to end, you know, resolution in the final part or whatever. Um, but no, I am, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying, you know, like I said, I'm enjoying just dipping into all of these different characters and just seeing what's, what's kind of, of, of on off. I think, um, there is some kind of strengths and weaknesses with this with this approach. You know, obviously the, the strength is that we do get to have some some wonderful pairings. You know, like we do get Jackie and and the Sixth Doctor here, um, which which is just really you know great fun. Um, I'm not so keen on Lady Christine. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't th- you know I think as a one off character from one of the specials, you know, there's very little there to work with, and I think that shows. You know, um. What does Lady Christina do? Well, she's an aristocrat jewel thief, so obviously she's going to have to do some gymnastics at some point, and lo and behold, that's what we get. Um, but obviously I think the other the weakness is really um, highlighted here as well in that um, because we're just kind of Rod Stewart and people out of a, a bag to put together, you've then got to find a way to get these people to, together literally so you've got to find a way to get christina and jackie together um in the first part you know we had osgood and we had kate stewart together so that's fine that works there's nothing there that we need to kind of manufacture um but here we do we need to kind of get them together so that takes away some of our precious plot and we've only got one episode we've only got like 45 minutes or so so we haven't got a lot of plot to give to start with and no having to spend it on setting up the scenario for the characters to actually interact with so that's you know that leads into that little quibble of you know we only get 1963 for a short period of time but because we've had to set the scenario up to get them to 1960 mm. that's that's a bit of a an offshoot so i think there is you know ups and downs to this this set um you know how it's going to work next time when we've got to explain you know, the Doctor is a future version of himself and he's got to meet Missy, who he doesn't know, and he's got to meet the Paternosters, who are all together and it's all going to... It feels like a good fit, doesn't it? Missy in a sort of, mm-hmm. you know, Victorian garb with the Paternoster gang. I feel a good fit, but we're going to have to explain it. So again, we're going to be, you know, using up a bit of plot time to do that next mm-hmm. month. Um, it's a bit like a central villain who's going to, like, manipulating everything when... Um, we were coming to realise that, and the doctor was really thinking, "How are all these people meeting up?" It might be yeah. giving people, but each story sort of like had its own explanation for how these people are together, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm. So with the Paternoski, and we don't know which incarnation originally met them, do we? 
we don't know which one met Vastra in the sewers when she yeah. was you know, kind of killing the uh, the people building the underground. So that could be. It was that John Birdwick. Could have been. Yeah, it could have been any of these doctors. So in terms Making of saying his them best up, friend blowing them up. Madam yeah. Lizard, what year is this? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then there's only Missy, I suppose, to to introduce and then forget. Uh, and then forget, yeah. Or not, maybe not not directly me, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, because there isn't anything in this one to explain why the Doctor stabilises into one incarnation, whereas the other ones have said when they met the Daleks, it was because it was his oldest enemy. With Jenny, it was the sympathetic DNA. Let's see, because it was in the presence of a time old maybe, or the necklace MacGuffin or something. But... Yeah, there's just no mention of it, whereas they, they felt the need to say, yeah. well... He's totally unstable, apart from this. Again, I think it's 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 another kind of strength and weakness that we've got. You know, different writers for every one. You know, the strength is that we we get um, you know a lot of different styles, a lot of different takes on 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 the show. You know, you get sort of Rob Valentine and James Goss coming in and giving us something with deeper undertones. You get um, is it Lisa McMullen here just coming in and giving us a romp? You know, Johnny Morris well, is giving writing us another one, isn't she? So, yes. Um, in this series. Oh, really? Yeah. So I think on the on the one hand, it, it's nice to get sort of more individual, you know, distinct takes. Um, but on the other hand, obviously, people are doing things a little bit different. So, you know, Lisa's went out of her way to, to sort your quibble out, Mark, about the coat and, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the attire. And also has thrown in that whole, well, he's all going to forget everything. You know, whereas the other writers have either just kind of glossed over that like we did with the Dayton controversy or have you know, addressed it in a different way by sort of like manipulating, you know, timelines and whatnot to say, well, you know, oh, it's a time scoop. That's why you don't remember it. Or it's, mm. you know, it's going to drop you off before you arrived sort of thing. So that's yeah. why you won't remember that. Um, so, yeah. I thought it was quite, quite a nice way of, because, you know, because it's audio and, and you don't want to have people just over-describing things. The, the, the sort of the, the conceit of Jackie leaving voicemails for Rose a lot. Yes, I was, that, it was yeah. a neat way of, of, of. I'm in a room full of creepy dolls. Yeah, oh, I can of, hear something. Yeah, of, of advancing the story, but also describing things in it. Well, she's on the phone to one of her friends at one point as well, telling her where she's going. The, the lights go off. They have a blind friend, or they're on the phone to each other. That's the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the three standard. <laughs> But you could imagine that Jackie does that all the time as well, is that she yeah. gets voice messages from mm. Rose to pick up when she gets back from an event. She never does. <laughs> 15 messages, yeah. But it does It does give you sort of a, a look into, like you say, her life without Rose. And I know they sort of did that in Love and Monsters as well, didn't they, with, with sort of Jackie on her own. Yeah. Um, so, so that I found completely believable, that she leaves her loads and loads of voice messages and you know she's just getting on with her life worrying about her. i mean it's it's the first thing we see jackie do in rose she's on the phone to someone yeah and, you know so it's 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 100 it in character with compensation her. it's like it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so do we think that rose had left the necklace or do you think that had been planted by somebody else i think that's a bit of a weird thing for her to leave around planted oh. as well i think i didn't think of that i assumed that rose had left it but then they say it's the other half of the well, this big thing that they need. The, yeah. the, the portal and and the the contents was would be toxic to the doctor. Yeah. So But also to the two as well, so he couldn't have done it. But then would also be toxic 
Would it be toxic to River? She's not full-time, Lord, is she? Quarter toxic. Mm, yeah. If you could have worn a marigold, she'd have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I assumed that it had been placed, that it had been planted there. Um, I never thought about central so you in there after all. It could be it could be a trap for the doctor then could, like in that, in that sense for when the doctor and Rose visit yeah or it could be for this for this adventure. Mm. But um but the, but the same sort of thing I thought um with Lady D'Souza there was lots of references to her being on her own and her parents basically paying people to look after her and keep her busy so you did get i don't know it's before she's met the doctor um in the easter special but you do get the sense of she is an entitled person but at the same time she's had to sort of grow up on her own because her parents didn't necessarily show her much affection other than trying to pay um pay for it so i, I thought there was a little bit of development and that's why i thought the characters worked so well because jackie recognized that about um lady susan yeah. lady susan recognized jackie's sort of desire to be a mum even though she she didn't necessarily want it i thought that was quite an interesting mm. dynamic it was quite sweet as well it was yeah and and i think you know, you, you would look at it on paper, and I did look at it on, on paper and go, oh, my God, what on earth are they putting those two together for? <laughs> you know, but actually it, it worked in a really sweet kind of way. I didn't, I wasn't a massive fan of the, well, you've obviously been put here for your skills of swinging across lights and um, throwing a tennis ball. That I was completely like, nah, that's rubbish. Um but I did, I did like the relationship between them. I suppose in the current climate, you'd have to make like a, a very rich member of the aristocracy a little bit more sympathetic as well. If she'd just come in and been like super cool, super mm. capable, mega rich, all the rest of it, there, there, there needs to be something there to make him a bit more sympathetic. It's plus not... they've got two box sets to sell, right? Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> to make a really horrible that's uh, sales you, gone. Have you heard? I bought the first one. I've never played it. <laughs> so I don't know if they've this sort of like longing for family or real life is a regular feature of the character or just now or not. To be fair, I, I Pres- generally don't. Presumably this is after Planet of the Dead and she's got the flying bus in, and she yeah. can go anywhere in the world in the flying bus and have... Because she did a box... She did an episode of the uh, fake number 10 with Dudman and I think that's when she had the... Um, that's when they sort of like... They realised... The actress was quite pleasant, and like they got on with her, and they could like mm. um, maybe work something around her. But mm. I can't genuinely can't remember if she had the bus then or not. I think she possibly did. Yeah, it, might, it gives you more storytelling. And I bet Paul Mars is fed up, so. like a stories about somebody flying around <laughs> in a bus. <laughs> <laughs> He's not impressed by that. And you've you've got Jackie coming up in the new in the final River box set, haven't you? With um... the Crotons, yeah. the Crotons. <laughs> <laughs> We're apparently running a spa or something. It's very... Oh, excellent. So we've got Harry Sullivan yeah. and the Dominate and the Quarks. <laughs> got Jackie Taylor and the Quotons and running a spa. Hey, this is... I know. It's the heady days we are we are blessed by. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to leave his own login to me, big finish accounting. 
Yeah. Do you think that's a health spa or a corner shop? What's... I think it's a health spa. <laughs> ah, right, okay. Direction point, direction point, <laughs> where are the beans? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like stamps with that? <laughs> oh, dear. Raise a gun, report to the massage suite. We have leader to trap one. Emergency alert to all radar stations. I thought in technical terms, they were talking about doing a lot of this on um, lockdown. And you mm. can kind of tell, because I thought the chap who played Jaunty did sound like he wasn't there a lot of the time. He did sound like, not in the rude sense he was phoning his performance in, but... When he was on the podium, it was fine, but he was actually talking to me. He still sounded like he was like not, he was sounded a bit distorted to me. I don't know if it was just my poor old ears or not, but uh, I wonder if some of this casting is, if they did a lot of this during lockdown, it's people who had studios and people who didn't. So maybe that was a big influence as well. Could have been, could well have been. Because Colin had his own studio and he's done a lot more big finish lately, hasn't he? And he's mm. in the evening, this, um, um, these ongoing stories, he's done like two characters now, hasn't he? So. They've been making this over a four-year period, haven't they? As mm. well. So I suppose that would be in, into lockdown. Yeah, it was uh, 2021, I think, this one was recorded when I listened mm. to the special features. I thought the auctioneer sold it off a bit quick. Usually they'd uh, <laughs> go one, going twice. No, this time, no, gone, sold. So. Yeah. As soon as he got to 50,000, it was like sold. It was like, yeah, hang on yeah. a second. What, what what happened to, you know, counting yeah. down? Going one, going two. She wasn't that distracting, to be fair, was she? <laughs> yeah. It was an auction powered by plot. <laughs> I like Jackie describing the doctor as ruder than the others. I thought that was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> that generally made me laugh. Uh, and when he turned around, he went, these are the doctors. Did you get on with them? And she goes, like a house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> When when she asks Rose to leave her a note, say, "Can you leave me a note last Wednesday to put the bins out?" Does that mean does that mean that she received a note to put the bins out, and she has to now tell Rose <laughs> to do out. it, or did she forget to put the bins out? Because she must know that. I think she's just forgetting how time travel works. So she's, she's Jackie to be she, fair. Cause a paradox. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be disastrous if. That, if that's that's what's caused this whole thing: the degeneration. <laughs> It's due yeah. to you putting her bins out. <laughs> Actually, wouldn't that be brilliant? The whole thing was based on that. <laughs> it's the bin strap paradox. There's a whole big finished box set into the paradox of the bins. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Baker was great. Yes. I'll say that. Yes. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't talked much about Colin, but yeah, mm-hmm. I thought he was great. And when he gets a little bit beaten up by them. He's very funny as well, isn't he? But he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So I really hope the clever people can do art. We'll do a picture of um, the three of them on the bike and one going yeah. in the sidecar. I just was... so want to see that. That made that had a scratch in my head because it was like, all right, so we're at this auction house. We need to get to Finchley. Um, you can't drive in a car because it's too big. So you need to take a motorbike. But we'll put a sidecar on it. How does that work? But yeah, but yeah, it just makes the bike as wide as a car, so you know, better off than I know, but it's an image. Oh my god, I so want to see that. <laughs> I got the feeling this was sort of like um despite the music, I thought this was like earlier Sixth Doctor, because he was a lot more abrasive. I can't imagine the later 
especially the big finish um, six doctor being as um, well a brusque with Harry than he was. Well, he was quite abrasive with Harry in this one, wasn't he? So uh, he he had some moments of charm, I think, as well. There were mm-hmm. some softer moments, but I think that just goes back to you know the the put Harry Sullivan in there to be the heel, you know mm-hmm. the, the put him there to be, you know the the Harry. I was quite pleased for that because I do find Big Finish do make the Sixth Doctor too cuddly sometimes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I know people sort of like didn't like the abrasive side of him, but yeah, to my mind, I did, and mm-hmm. that is the Sixth Doctor. That is the Sixth Doctor. Make, yes, to make him too nice, he's just a Doctor, isn't he? I thought it was pitch it... perfect. I thought Lisa McMullen's mm-hmm. really scripted. The Doctor perfectly on this one. I think it's it's helped having had him as the curator as well because they're two very different personalities. Mm, yeah. mm. So you had a really softer, more reflective, somber. That's a good point. I'd never thought of that. Yes, it does help to differentiate them a bit. Though. And then here, you're absolutely right. You get the more bombastic, sort of you know, abrasive uh, Sixth Doctor performance. Uh, but like you say, he, he gets those rough edges knocked out of him by the two ladies, particularly yeah. Jackie, which mm. is you know, which is just great to see. I mean, um, literally gets knocked about by. Literally gets yeah. it. <laughs> literally gets it beaten. <laughs> oh, beaten out of it. yeah. Um, but then again, at the end, he's just like when he's got the two in the TARDIS, and he's like, you know, I'll take you anywhere you want to go. It's kind of because you've you've just <laughs> after. Fifty minutes progress the plot onto the next story. So let's <laughs> let me drop let me drop you off somewhere. <laughs> and Susan comes into the uh, junkyard, find the TARDIS missing, and the entire Doctor Who doesn't happen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Ian and Barbara never go on their journey. Where's the TARDIS? Where's Grandfather? He's gone to get some matches again, hasn't he? There we go. <laughs> the co- uh, that's what we should have talked about the cover for this one. Ah, Lady Lady Christina doing a poo. It's <laughs> <laughs> a deleted scene. <laughs> it, should been, it should have been them in the in the on the motorbike with the sidecar. That would have. Been yeah. But it's not. It's Jackie doing a Jackie pose. It's Colin doing a Colin pose. It's old Harry, and then it's Lady Christina. I'm doing a poo. <laughs> 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 so no wonder she needs a cleaner. <laughs> Greyhound trap one over. Trap one, go ahead, Greyhound. Well, that's our episode on Two's Company. We'll all be back next month for the next instalment of Once and Future. Uh, was it the taking of Planetoid 50? Like the invasion of Planetoid 50, I think. That's the David Tennant one, anyway. David Tennant. <laughs> it's the one that'll sell. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle Gomez and the Paternoster gang. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's all very exciting. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. In the meantime, you can find all our previous episodes on trap1.podbean.com or your podcatcher of choice. Uh, join us next time for another panel on something else from the world of Doctor Who. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>